In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Happy Friday, Browns fans. We're nearing the end of the chaotic week in the NFL. Let's be honest, hasn't really been as chaotic as we thought. A couple names getting released, a couple teams making some uh, cap space available by redoing deals. And uh, I'm here with Jack to talk a little bit about it, to recap the week. I think we're going to keep some shows through the weekend just during this exciting time. But uh, Jack, how's it goes, sir? Yeah, it's good. Um, I don't know if we touched on it earlier this week, but just on like loads of people asking when the restructure is going to start for the Browns, when the restructures. Quite frankly, it's not going to happen um, unless they need to because the mechanisms are already in players' contracts, so they can just convert their current salary into signing bonus and move that money back. They can do that click of the finger stuff, so there's no need to do it in advance. When they're sitting there negotiating with free agents, if they're like, hey, we need to create $9 million, right, we'll just move OBJ's money straight up, move it back two years, it's done. And they don't need to go through all the aggro of that. Just click your fingers and move the money. So um, Browns fans sitting there waiting each day to see all the restructures come through. Probably not going to happen, and that's perfectly fine. There's no hurry to do it. I think fans want to see players on – or I, their team on Twitter. They want to be talked about. They want to have – the notes, the activity, the chef there with the hashtag Browns because they're just yearning for attention. I think ultimately that's where that comes from because I don't think fans really completely understand why you would restructure. I think they just want to see the Browns names and hashtag in the uh, in the Twitter mentions. No, every fan loves a bit of news about their team. So whatever's going on, we, we, we all, when that Rappaport or Schefter Twitter notification pops up, you just want to pick up the phone and see, hey, the Browns have done something. Whatever it is, whether it's cutting a player, whether it's restructuring a player, whether it's signing a player, whether it's extending a player, you just want to see news. So uh, that's there. But what we're going to touch on is the DB room. So we've spoke before, hey, the Browns are looking at 11 DBs what can they do sort of, especially around free agency? And let's just start off with where they're at. We've obviously, we've got the corners. We know we have Denzel Ward locked in. We've got Greedy that's a question mark. And that's basically it at corner. And I think they need to get to at least eight guys they're comfortable playing out, putting out there. You agree with that? There's got to be at least eight dudes where they're like, if this guy has to play, because hey, he wants to play dime you've got to have eight guys on the roster that you're like, that that dude can start. I think there's going to be some malleability between the corners and safeties. You know, what is going to be the huge difference between, say, a free safety and a cornerback in the dynasty? You know, for example, if we look at everything and say we're going to target 11 guys in the secondary, we know we have Ward, we have Greedy, we have Delpit, we have Harrison. You know, you've got these four guys. So now you're talking about seven slots. And yeah, you've got guys out there that can contend for these spots. You got guys like Money Mitch who are out there, you know, and other guys that can buy. But the question is, how many of those spots do they fill with guys within the organization? You know, the AJ Green, so to say, or how many guys do they go and seek in free agency? 
Yeah, and you've got like UM Chase Stewart as well, but they're more that they're ten and eleven. They're your more special teamers. They yeah, MJ yeah, could be a backup slot. It's not you don't want that dude Stein. Yeah, it's well we can't do any better than this guy, and I think he's serviceable. So he's going to play a role on special teams. And you're right. You probably need of that eleven. You need at least seven guys that are of starting caliber. The you know if Money Mitch is your your sixth or seventh guy in your in your secondary room, then you're doing okay. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Um, I I'd push it a bit further and say, hey, he wants to play dime, so I, I want eight dudes that they're happy with. So. We're going to kick off first. So we touched on safeties yesterday. and We'll just quickly go through. You could go for the big name, Anthony Harris or John Johnson. They're the only two big names I see there. And then past that, you're looking at sort of a sticking plaster, one-year dudes. And I'd say you've got Malik Hooker, Chikiski Tart, Trey Boston. I would say that's basically your options. Go for one of them big names or one, two of them sort of backup dudes? I think they definitely have to make a splash. Do you think there's any shot that the Jets would be willing to package up Marcus May in some capacity? I think they could, but we're talking about at least a second-round pick there, and I just don't think this front office, is from everything we've seen where they're looking at value, if you can get John Johnson and give up nothing – or you can give up a second round pick and get Marcus May and then extend him. Why give up a second round pick? Um, you may as well just pay like a million or two extra to John Johnson. The theory being that they like Marcus May that much better than John Johnson. That would be the theory would be we'd have to be getting a significantly better player that we're giving up an asset to acquire the rights. And to be truth be told, I do think Marcus May is a substantially better player than John Johnson. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to start throwing these draft assets away unless they're getting massive value um, because they need this young talent. We've got all these expensive deals coming, Baker, Garrett, Ward, Teller. And the, every time you use a draft pick to sign someone that you lose four cheap rookie years and then you get a dude that you're going to have to pay top safety money to and make the high, probably the highest paid safety in the NFL. It's not easy to go and do that and then keep sustaining success. It, yeah, by all means, if you're giving away a fifth, like the old Ronnie Harrison deal, doesn't really matter. When you start getting into a second, that that hurts you. So for me, I just think, yeah, they're either going to make a slash of one of them two bigger names or they could just go, hey, we'll have two of Tart, Boston, Hooker, because quite frankly... If, if you've got running a three safety base, then you can have four really good safeties. And obviously, hey, who knows with Malik Hooker, he could be out by the end of camp and injured. I definitely think that they're going to make a splash in the secondary. Um, I think you're going to see maybe not necessarily like your day one. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Jamal Adams will likely be the highest paid safety in the league. I don't see Marcus May eclipsing that. Um, also teams could be looking at it and saying, Hey, we're fully convinced that after 182.5 million this year, they're going to be back at 215, 220 next year. So they try to get these guys locked in. So next year, when the cap jumps back up to recover some of this money, 
that they're going to be looking at deals that aren't necessarily at the high end of the market. So I'm sure teams have a little bit of insight. That's the theory behind the Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones deal is that Jerry's predicting that the cap hit won't be as bad down the road. Yeah. With Adams, you sort of expecting sort of June, July time him to get extended. So if you're doing a trade, you're going to do the extension at the same time. So he would be the highest paid safety when that deal's done. Obviously, yeah, Jamal Adams potentially wants about 20 million um, to get Ramsey style money. So um, yeah, once that comes, yeah, you're not talking about the highest paid safety, but before that, yeah, you would look at it. And then if we jump over to corner, I almost want to start with the slot here. And it's like, what do you see them doing? Because if it is, my, my gut says they're thinking three safety base, what investment do you put into a slot? Obviously, this front office didn't want to invest in a slot. And there were so many options in the slot available last year. And they decided to go for a dude that can play on the outside. And they thought might be able to play a little bit of the slot in Kevin Johnson. But it was almost, we need this dude to play outside. I think that comes down to Grant Delpit. Because I think Grant Delpit's the guy that you, for example, if we see them go out and get a LaMarcus Joyner, well, now I know that you're talking about getting a guy who can do inside. He can play free safety. He could play outside. You know, it's about finding guys with that versatility to do some stuff. So I think that's kind of maybe what you're mainly talking about in that it depends on your personnel. And it really just depends on how they feel about Grant Delpy playing quarterback. Yeah. And we'll start with, we'll touch on the two big, there's two big, names available for corners um and that is william jackson who i just think will end up with the bengals before he gets to free agency and richard sherman for me they're they're the only two massive names you could throw in shaquille griffin but i just can't get excited about shaquille griffin um malcolm butler potentially could be in that that mix um of like hey it's one two years but it, it gives you some serious value there that you can start week one and you'd have no concerns. Yeah. None of those guys really do it for me either. Um, Sherman, I think if I'm not mistaken, I've read out there that I think he's. Don't see. No, none of those things interest me. Well, I don't think William Jackson does leave Cincinnati. They've got all this money. They've got these players. Ultimately it could be, you know, fool's gold to think that Lawson or Jackson even make it out of Cincinnati, but. We'll see. I definitely think it's the one position group that the Browns will be targeting on defense because Andrew Barry said it, you can never have enough good corners. Yeah, and with that sort of view of the slot, it's like your Desmond King, Mike Hilton, yeah, if you were going after the slots, fine. And that's why I just always come back to Troy Hill. And I know I keep banging on about the dude. Yeah, he's 29 and a half, but quite frankly, it's a two-year deal. You're looking at just over 10 mil. Um, yeah, he's been awesome in the slot as the best slot cornerback in the NFL last year. But he, from the numbers, we can see he plays just as well on the outside as a Terrence Mitchell. So you're paying an extra million a year than, say, Terrence Mitchell, who would probably be eight over two. You're talking 10 over two. But you're going, hey, we can pay this guy there. And if, if Woods is serious about he does want to play dime, then... If Delpit's playing big nickel, you're going to need a Troy Hill potentially 50% of snaps or more 
playing in the um, dime corner. So you could easily get that value out of him. And as well, he can play on the outside if you needed him to, and then slot inside when you bring in that extra outside corner. So I, I think he is incredibly versatile. And yeah, you mentioned it. Versatility is key. Why not spend that bit of extra money? It's a two-year deal. Let's see what Troy Hill brings to the team. He's an intriguing option. I think likely if we're going to see that big nickel, you probably see Ronnie Harrison down in that position. Get him a little closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's a little bit more of a sure tackler. I just, I know Grant Delpit physically looked good in terms of his Instagram uh, workouts and all that stuff. I just, I would have some reservations about sticking him out there week one, expecting some sort of a sizable impact. I'm kind of looking to project him over the course of the first eight games and just work him in because if he's out there playing 85, 90% of snaps week one, that could get interesting. And if you remember right, one of Grant Albert's biggest weaknesses in college was his ability to tackle. So I, I think I want to see a little bit more of Grant Delpit before I anoint him. And that's why, like I said, a guy like Troy Hill or a guy like Lamarcus Joyner makes a little bit more sense because you're giving him, he's not going to be expected to get in there day one and contribute full time. Yeah. Lamarcus Joyner is certainly a name I missed off, but could be intriguing. And another one, yeah, it's not the hype's bigger than what he's produced in the last two years he played. But Gary and Conley um, is a name I've come back to a few times just because, hey, if you're throwing him in there as sort of your fourth corner, come join the team. You've got, yeah, your rookie and greedy Williams. So there's an opportunity for you to start. Um, it's all based on how you do. I, I think it might be harder for us to convince him to come here, but you just never know with this season. Um, it could be a weird one where throw out the offer and let if he says no that's his problem well also you have to remember that garyon conley and denzel ward are just good friends so that's one of those ones where ward could be saying hey come on in here you know we have you we have greedy we have me that's a decent little rotation i just see in terms of free agency it, it is the one secondary position where you're probably looking at two guys that are going to be joining the room with the possibility of a third one and that's where you're kind of wild card here. You know, Malik Hookers, maybe a Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton. And one of those guys, it's maybe a flex that'll maybe tip the scales in us understanding what it is Mr. Woods wants to do next season. Uh, 100%. Um, that's it for today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a We're not going to talk about former Browns all-stud right tackle. The Chiefs, you don't play for us in the Super Bowl. You're gone. Fisher, gone. Schwartz, gone. Chiefs, shearing up some of their cap space. I thought yeah. the cap wasn't real. Is that what people told me, Jack? Yeah, they claim the cap isn't real, so apparently all these guys got cut because they're, they're not one of the top lights. Janoris Jenkins, gone. Guys. But no, yeah. we've hit our time, guys. That's it for today. Um, have an awesome rest of the day. As always, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.